Hello and welcome to the Fed 10 podcast. Uh, Simon here with Fraser. Hi Fraser, how are you? Hello, afternoon. All good, thanks. Uh, All good. Are you well? I am indeed. I am indeed. And we're also joined by, welcome back to Liam. Hello. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, It's been really nice sort of being away from the pod and listening to it. And sort of not knowing what was what was going to come What's up or anything <laughs> like that. So it's it's been nice doing that, but it's also lovely to be back. Uh, well, it's lovely lovely to have you back. Um, Thanks. Good good. Well, <laughs> well um, just feels a bit odd. This this is like sort of when you take over, you know, from somebody's job and then they come back and visit, and it just feels a bit <laughs> kind of like he's watching me. He's, he go, I wouldn't do it like that. <laughs> No, anyway, it's, it's, no, it's been lovely. It's, it's really been great to listen to. And, and there have been some things that when I've been listening to it, I've thought, oh, I wish they'd talk about that. And then you bring it up. So it's it's obviously we are a hive mind. at the <laughs> But also, I've got to say to the person who came up to me at the match the other day and had a go at me because there wasn't a podcast out. Uh, you're the reason we're here and you're the reason I was like, I'll come back and have a chat as well. Good, good. Well, we'll, we'll apologise apologize to that person on our behalf. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll crack on. Um, we'll talk about uh, the uh, the women's team in a bit, but uh, initially, if we start with the with the men's team and and a kind of Liam and I were on on the wasn't at the game um, a couple of weeks ago, I think after the the Port Vale the four nil, and and we've now gone. What is it? Six or seven games, if we if we're taking the the uh, the FA Cup into it as well, unbeaten. But it just doesn't feel quite like the season's lifted off yet. <clears throat> You'd never never know that um, that we were we had any sort of unbeaten run. It just doesn't feel. I don't know. It doesn't feel that positive at, at any point, does it? I mean, it should be. It just kind of feels like there's something I don't know missing or some something's not. Clicking. I know there's constant sort of questions around the manager's job, um, which you, if you were an outsider looking in and just glance at the table, you might be a little bit surprised about that. Um, but I guess there's always a lot more to the to the story than that, isn't there? But um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it is a funny, it is a kind of funny time because I think we're what eight points above the drop zone now. Um, so we we've made a sort of decent gap away from that. We're ten points above the drop zone. I was just giving away the fact that Simon put his hands up to tell me that. <laughs> I mean, no, I knew that. Yeah, ten. I, was, I wasn't just doing jazz hands. You know. <laughs> it's, it's actually, ten points. Professionalism. Um, yeah, we're ten points above the drop, so it, it sort of makes the point even more. And how far are we from the playoffs, I? Six. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I checked that before we came on. Um, it's a good job but... it wasn't one point or two because that could have been yeah you know, with the hands. <laughs> At half time on Saturday, we were three points off the playoff. And obviously, a, a match is 90 minutes. <laughs> and so it, I was annoyed that I I checked the table, never checked the table before full time, because you end up going, cool, we are, we are ninth, we're three points off the playoffs. Mm. And then, you know, the equaliser comes in and at the end you go, like, oh, no, we're six points off the playoffs. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a it, different feel. I mean, Simon, we've yapped about this for, for the last few pods now about, you know, the, the situation around the manager or is, is is that why things aren't feeling sort of as they should be at the moment? But Liam, as you as a not an outsider, you're certainly not an outsider, but to someone who's not talked about it on this podcast for a while, what's your what's your take on this situation? It's a difficult one. I I've said before on the podcast, whoever is at the club, I hope they are the right person. <laughs> I, I don't want anything to change. I would like what the club is doing to be going in the right direction. And so I, I do look at things through very sort of, uh, through very, I want to say yellow tinted glasses, um, but I think that would look horrible. So uh, yeah, I, I do try and be, be positive with it. it I, I must say it does seem like, regardless of everything that's being talked about the manager and stuff like that, just the way the players are after the game, um, the way they seem to be talking and so on, it it feels like they are still 100% behind him. And it didn't under Clotet. It, mm. it, you, there was, it was a real toxic, everything felt a bit off when Clotet was, was there. 
Um, same with Waddock, but obviously that was only eight games and I think we won one and lost seven. So yeah. it was going to feel a bit bad. Um, <clears throat> I think um, one of the things that... The reason I, I stopped doing this podcast is because when I was doing the stuff for the club, you end up being close to the players and staff and speaking to them before the game. To to then come on the podcast, I could either talk about what we said to the detriment of the club or I could ignore that to the detriment of the podcast. Now I'm doing Radio Oxford stuff, I get no insight whatsoever. <laughs> so I feel a bit more able to talk about it. But it does seem, and and off the mic, it does seem like everyone's rooting for the manager and, and believes in what they're doing. It mm. It does seem really good behind the scenes, but it's the link between the club and the fan base at the moment. There's something that isn't quite right. Uh, and I think, I think obviously, it's a good run of form at the moment. Um, I realise I've been talking for about two and a half minutes That's now right. without anyone else. <laughs> um, uh, we're in a good run of form, but beating Port Vale 4-0, I think we probably deserved the win. Hmm. There is no way we deserve to be, to be four goals clear. Um, for the fact that that was our first clean sheet for however long is bizarre because I think we've played better defensively. Um, it, I just don't know how it ended up being 4-0. You sort of hope that confidence is going to be built on. We go and we win in the cup. Uh, yeah, it was woking. It was a horrible pitch. The conditions played a part, definitely. And then you've got the weekend. And uh, obviously, we'll we'll go into each game individually, but... There are 25 minutes in that second half. You could see that pitch on Wednesday night in our legs. Mm. Everything we were doing, it was like we were running through treacle. Um, and that's not an excuse I like to use because professional athletes and all of that, but you could see it on Saturday. Um, I've forgotten what you originally asked, but <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think that's... it seems all right in the club. Um, yeah. I, I, I just hope they're right to stick with it. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it could be that... Um... With Carl Robinson, I think when things are very good, he well, no, in fact, no matter how things are, he often wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? He's very in your face. You you don't really have to wonder what he's thinking because he'll usually tell you. And his interviews, he usually speaks a lot. He says a lot of words. He talks very quickly. He's he's full of emotion that you can see. Whereas I think managers we've had in the past have been a bit more reserved. So when things are not going as well. You, you look at someone like Cole Robinson and think, well, you were sort of big time Charlie when it was all good. So now we're looking at you when it's not very good. And mm. I guess it's harder to do that with people who you can't figure out as much. So he's maybe his own worst enemy in that when, you know, things are great, he, he, he he's quite loud and big about it, which he should be. Um, I don't know if maybe it's just a personality thing that it's easier to clash with someone like that than someone who you can't really quite figure out um, because they're sort of a lot more inoffensive. I don't know. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, what's happening with the fan relationship with the manager at the moment. I mean, cards on the table. I don't I don't want him to go. Um, I think he's still got something to give. I think it's, it's going to be a big challenge this season because it kind of feels like to get a lot of fans back around, he's going to have to, he's going to have to deliver a promotion. You know, let's just say what we're thinking here. Mm. Um, he's going to have to, if he goes one better than he's ever done with us, that's winning a playoff final or that's going up in the autos. Now, I don't know if that matches up with the, with the club's ambition. I don't know what their aim is for the season. They haven't really said, I don't think. Um, so it could be that the, uh, the, the, the ownership of the club is thinking one thing, but that that's quite not quite good enough for a lot of fans. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's an interesting one because he, obviously, with Tiger at the helm, there was always belief. Carlos saw it. Carlos saw it. He was he was keeping that job regardless. We could be in the rele- relegation game with uh, relegation zone with one game to go. Carlos saw it. I don't feel that's the case this time round. I feel like we we do want promotion. We want you to be the guy to give it to us. But if you're not, you're not. Um, al- almost a bit um, welcome to Wrexham, if you've seen that. Where they're like, we, we'd like you to get us up. But if you don't, we want to go up. 
Um, so that must be a different feeling for Robin, who, who does away from the media and away from everything. If you watch him on the touchline when he's just like speaking to the match sponsors or to the mascots or whatever, he seems like a really genuine, lovely man. Oh, yeah, no, I'm absolutely sure he is. And I think, you know, I think he, he's just, no matter what emotion he's in, he seems to be, he seems to give a lot of it. Um, mm. So you, you, he's always kind of, he's not, he's not, hard. I know it's really dull and boring to compare him to Michael Appleton because we've done it to death, but they're, they're kind of polar opposites as people. Um, you could never really figure out what, what Appleton was thinking or if he was happy it wasn't really much if he was down about something it wasn't really you didn't really know much about it so it was hard to kind of form much of an opinion of him whereas Carl I think um yeah he's very in your face isn't he and you 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 know is is when things aren't going as well the post-match interviews just kind of become a bit of a disaster um it's kind of sentences that go off into places that you think what, what does that mean and I think he, he, he comes across as someone who cares an awful lot about whatever it is he's doing, you know, whether that is coaching the players and improving them, everything else around the club, the things he's done during lockdown, all of that sort of stuff shows that there's a man there who absolutely cares. And sometimes that can be to his detriment. You know, there was a, a, a few games ago where I think a lot of people were just getting a little bit worried for him as a person, irrelevant of how the scores were going, all of that sort of stuff. It's almost like, somebody needs to put their arms around him and just say, Carl, it's all right, mate. You know, you can just switch off for a bit. And I think maybe this little run, although it hasn't been, you know, perfect. And we we talked about the, yeah, the Port Vale at the time, you kind of felt, OK, that might just be a catalyst. Now we can go um, against, um, oh, crikey, brain's gone. Who we played on Saturday. Um, Forest, Forest Green. Green. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, and, and become a kind of, OK, now we go and, and we we step it up a little bit further we just sort of you know we we, we beat a team like forest green at home because the home form hasn't been great away it's not too bad at all you know very good in fact and and it it, it just it's that kind of stuttering it's not it's certainly not one step forward two back it's two forward and one back it's just we're we're kind of every couple of games bolton you kind of think okay that's that's going to be the catalyst now and we're gonna we're gonna push on and then you get a game at home where that that finishes one one. Then you get to Shrewsbury, one one at Shrewsbury is not bad, followed by four nil at Port Vale, and it's oh okay, yeah, now it's going to start. And then it's oh no, it hasn't. And it's just that kind of it's not quite getting going. And it it's funny how we see it from the inside and, and we see every game and all you know the intricacies and how people are playing from the outside. I watched the the um the ITV coverage, just the sort of the highlights, and it was kind of so. I think they use the phrase, you know, Oxford surging up the league. And you kind of think, are we? And you look, OK, yeah, we have been kind of gradually progressing and and looking at the last six games. Only ourselves, Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday are unbeaten in that in the last six games in the league. It, it, so it's kind of, oh, OK, yeah, maybe we are. You know, again, it's that we're a little bit harder on ourselves and, and we look at other teams and think, well, they're going great. Well, other other teams will be looking at us and going, well, Oxford are on a little bit of a run. And it... But you're right. From the inside, it, it or, or from the inside, from from fans' point of view, fans that go every week, see every game, and, and are around the club, not looking in from from another fan's perspective, an outside club's perspective, it just doesn't quite feel it yet. And it's kind of okay. Well, maybe if we get through to the third round of the FA Cup, touch wood, fingers crossed against Exeter, and and we get a big club, maybe in in the third round, um, and then we go to Accrington and we get a result there, and we're three four points off a playoff place maybe it might just lift it it might that might be the spark but we've kind of i've sort of looked at lots of games this season and thought that might just be the spark that gets us going and it it, it just hasn't yet I felt like that going into the week where we were playing uh was it peter for portsmouth and bolton mm. where you go oh, i thought we were just about to hit form but now look who we've got to face mm. And then you lose the first one. And and honestly thought, if we lose on Tuesday against Portsmouth, I think Robinson's gone. Mm. It, it will make me very sad, but I think he's gone. And you get the draw and it's it's an all right performance until that red card. And then we beat Bolton. So you end up going, oh, well, that's when we do it. So when you then mm. draw against Forest Green, it's easy to look and go, oh, that's 
what a wasted opportunity. We've just drawn to bottom of the league. But not many people had us drawing against Portsmouth or beating Bolton. So, yeah. you know, those things do work out. But we've it, it feels like we've never been able to beat teams that are lower than us. It, I, like Wilder, Appleton, whoever we were, we've been brilliant at beating the teams that are top and ending a 23-game unbeaten run. But we're rubbish <laughs> against a team who um, who are very physical. I guess it, it kind of, it, in November, it already feels like we will definitely be a League One club next season. Uh, it's almost certain that I can't see that we're going to go down. This could be famous last words, but I really can't see it now. I think, you know, I mean, I thought we were eight points ahead, but we're ten. Um, I think I've seen enough of other the other quality in the league to think, I just can't see that we would we would be in that kind of trouble. I also can't really see that we'd had a, we have enough to get through a playoff campaign or or reach the auto. So maybe it kind of feels like to the fan base that we're already a League One club next season, and in November it kind of feels like we we will be in this division again next year. Not the worst thing in the world, um, but you know, I mean that's a hell of a prediction five months away. So. <laughs> I would I would say that obviously we've barely seen anything of Murphy. Um, from what I understand about field shoot, mm, yeah, that's not bad. I think well, field shoot, yeah, I think that's pretty. Good. <laughs> yeah, I can't say his name, but from what I understand about him as a player, Yannick, Yannick, yeah, he is uh, like if anyone thinks Anderson's fast, you've seen nothing yet. And then he's he's incredibly able as well. I know that lots been talked about. Oh, well, he signed another another um, injury prone player. He is not one. This is the first time he has had a long term injury in, and he's thirty. So yeah. it's not like oh yeah, but he's going to become a, an injury prone player. It's this is incredibly bad luck that that man is out. I'm not saying he's going to come back and then we're going to storm the league. I'm saying that if you look at the January transfer window, which is obviously a big pivot, he's a signing we've already made in January. Mm. Because I think it's probably going to be mid to late December at a guess. Because he starts training in the next week. Is that right? Something like that. So it's going to be three, four weeks before he's up and running. But from what I understand, he's just like incredibly fast will be able to he's got the skills and stuff he's not just a hit and run mm. type sort of yemi player if you remember him or um or van kessel obviously <laughs> um he is he's got the skills as well but he can also knock it halfway across the pitch and beat anyone to it so it'll be very exciting to see him no idea what the situation is with bulldog but i don't think we can pin all our hopes on him because even when he comes back, it's it's going to be a how long for. So I think the the signing of a striker in in January is crucial. Even if we get hold of Joseph and he's fit for the rest of the campaign, doing it with two just seems a bit of a stretch. Um, I think, um, I think we've got a shot if we can get ourselves into the playoffs at going up. Because I think I, I said this on the radio the other day. No one is being consistent. The top three teams. They're fine. No one else is being consistent. And that's why you can go on a decent run and shoot up the league. So yeah. if we can get ourselves in the playoffs, the team that miss out on the autos will be gutted. We, you, you see that year on year. The team that narrowly miss out on that second auto spot crash out straight away because they were hoping to get the autos. And then you're sort of in the lottery where you hope players like James Henry, Matty Taylor, Marcus Brown... Josh Murphy, Wiltshire, all of these players with experience and pedigree hopefully should be able to get us over the line. Um, that is also one hell of a prediction <laughs> five months away. <laughs> I must prefer yours to mine. <laughs> I've got yeah. to because otherwise I'll just be miserable until August next year. I think that's where playoffs, you know, if, if it was, you know, back to the old days of three, three teams go up from this division and it's the top three, you're almost looking at it now and going, well, it's those three, you know, it, 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 there is absolutely nothing to play. We're not going to catch, you know, one of those teams are on 40, 41, 43 points, but there's nothing to say we won't catch Barnsley on 30. And it, it then it, it makes the, the season, you know, interesting much further into it. And it is interesting. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've looked back at, you know, previous season when, when people have 
this season earlier in this season going well we're in a relegation battle and you think well we were in a relegation battle two years ago we were in a worse position than we are now at this stage of the season two years ago and we made the playoff semi-finals last season we started quite nicely we ticked along quite nicely i don't think we were out of the top 10 for maybe one or two games you know in september we were as, as the as the table settles down but other than that we we were never out of the top 10 and and didn't make the playoffs it's it's that kind of like Liam says you you perhaps if you're going to get into the playoffs you you want to be that team that have gone in there on a run from Christmas you know Barnsley coming up in a couple of weeks time they did it you know the season that, that um we were in the second in league two they were in league one we played them in the whatever it was the Papa John's or or JPT, uh, JPT wasn't it yeah and Johnson's paint it you know I think they were bottom at Christmas and made the playoffs and went up and it, it's just sort of like yeah you go on a run you, you that that whole thing about it being you know a, a confidence game and, and form and that kind of thing if you can get on a run you know it's it doesn't have to be now it, you know it can be in 10 games time we can still just tick over at this point until perhaps the January transfer window like you say Liam identify the areas that we need to strengthen with those players we'll you know we'll know perhaps know more about Carl Joseph in in not too long is Boulder going to come back do we get Murphy fit build shirt hopefully is going to be like you say it, it was a bit of a freak injury and he's got a decent sort of injury record and two or three players in where we know you know just hope that Carl knows where he needs to spend <laughs> we're saying we know where it is he's the man that needs to know where it is but but there's there's space in the squad there's also space for loans to come in as well you know i think we've only, we've only got two haven't we you know with um with uh, carl joseph and, and lewis bait and you just think okay you if you can't get the players in that you desperately want well there's going to be some loans out there's got to be some loans out there hopefully um that, that will strengthen the, the team a little bit and, and give you those options off the bench um and it might just be that then in you know when it comes to 30 games into the season we then go on you know 16 games left that's still plenty of time to to go on a run and be that team that comes into form i think you're right like you said Frank. i don't I, yeah touch wood again i don't think we'll be in the bottom four i think we, we're too good for that and there's an, enough teams that aren't good enough oh you've both said oh, that no. oh, can you oh, oh, stop yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> and i mean, I mean that, you know, you, that, that's how it is. That's football, isn't it? We, the team you don't want to be is Northampton last season. Oh, it, that that is the way, and you see that time and time again. They're absolutely fine, and then they miss out on the last day of the season from the autos. Did anyone watch them thinking, "Oh, they'll they'll go up in the playoffs then"? And then, like, they, just, just knew they wouldn't be able to. Wasn't it going into the last game? That Bristol Rovers needed like a nine-goal swing, and it happened. Mm. It was yeah, they they won seven-nil, didn't they? Mm. It was just like, what is? I actually don't think I would sleep for weeks. <laughs> just... <laughs> if if you were either team, yeah, <laughs> for different reasons, yes, yeah. And also, you oh. talk about past seasons, Sai. I think is it right to say that, but for a freak set of points tallies, we should have been a playoff team last year. That was enough points for the last 15 seasons or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something yeah. mad, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but, yeah. but that's a pretty weak argument for me, though, that while the other teams were just better, <laughs> that's yeah. not fair. I mean, it, you know, it shows an improvement in terms... It's a bit like playing golf, you know, although you you look at your own score and you go, oh, well, I've improved over the last, the last time I played because I've, I've you know, shot a lower score but the person I'm playing against played even better, so they've still beaten me. And you, and you kind of look at it in isolation, if you, you know. And I guess as, as football clubs, you have to do that. You have to go, are we improving? You know, yeah. okay, somebody else has improved more than us, but but there is a certain level of, are we improving as well? And and you, know, you I think you're right. Yeah, it was, there was sort of, a, a, you know. 74 points is points. the, like, the, the magic number, mm. which we're, what, 51 points behind with, 27 games to go? Yeah, yeah. So it's two, it's two points a game. We'll do mm. it. Yeah. But that is a, that is a tall order. Right. Long, long silence <laughs> after that. Nice Which I think is fair. If, well, let, let's move on from, from what's what's been in the past and, and look forward to um, this Saturday and Exeter in the FA Cup final. A team we, we went and beat quite comfortably, or that was you know, a bit of a high-scoring game in the end, but that was... One of those games where we thought, oh, okay, this is going to be a bit of a, a, a kind of a, a kickstart to the season. 
Um, they, their form isn't isn't uh, isn't great at the moment. Um, but then our home form isn't great. I think we you said it earlier, Fraser. We played better against the sides that want to try and play against us, and it gives us that opportunity to to play on the break a little bit. Maybe you know Exeter might suit us. They are a team that try and play a bit of football, um, and it it could be that 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 sees us over the line in, and into round three. Yeah, and I mean we should probably just on that in the cup we we dodged the uh, the banana skin. At, uh, um, I say Forest Green, that would be disrespectful. Woking. Woking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Although we used to play Woking and Forest Green in the same division, didn't we? Not mm. not that long ago. Um, it was it was ridiculously wet. I mean, it, we, but we coped. I think you, you're right about it. We looked like it was in the legs come Saturday, mm. you know. Um, but but why couldn't that move to Sunday? I know that would have yeah. been a pain. It would yeah. have been a pain for me. I'm sure it would have made the crowd a bit less, but it would have mm. given us an extra day and we've got a blank week this week. Yeah. So as soon as that one has to be the Wednesday, I was just surprised it, it ended up being Saturday, Sunday. Wednesday, Saturday, yeah. Wednesday, Saturday. Seemed a bit... No, it's, you know, extra coming up and a chance to progress in, in the uh, in the Cup. Accrington um, following that and a chance to progress in the, in the league, you know, and, and kickstart the season. You know, um, we'll just take a sound bite of that. Yeah, kick oh, that's a chance season. to kickstart the start season. The season. <laughs> you can also add to that. Um, Josh Murphy's about a week away. Yeah, ten days, isn't he? And he'll be on the grass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard that so many times. Well, it's Groundhog Day, everybody. <laughs> Somebody actually in the South stand up, or I think while he was he was looking to make some substitutions towards the end of the game on Saturday, and and somebody just well, let's bring Murphy on. Oh no, he's only ten days away. In me, it's kind of it, it is frustrating. You know, it must be frustrating for the player as well. But mm. but you're right. And it goes back to that again, protecting the he's players. He's never had a long term injury either. He's no. had time off the pitch, but it wasn't mm. from an injury. No. So, I mean, what is... They're, they're two freak injuries. I understand that. But you, mm. why? Why? Yeah. Exeter. <laughs> I think I think we'll actually say, see some of those players at least on the bench for Exeter because I think that's when you've got to... You've got to rotate a bit because it's yeah. been such a congested thing, even with the week off. And, and you almost... You can't risk aggravating whatever happened to Taylor at the weekend. Mm. You can't risk aggravating whatever happened to Bowden at the weekend. Um, I, I think you've got to give other players the chance. I think Exeter will probably do the same. Um, and and I think that might be a good thing in as much as if you're Lewis Bate and you've played well in these games when you've had to fill in, when you get to start a game, you've got to play out of your skin. Gorin's the same, actually. Mm. If Gorin starts, he's got to have a phenomenal game because, you know, what? Mm. <laughs> he's not being given the chance, usually. Yeah. So they've got to take this opportunity when it comes to it. Whether you, I don't know, put Brown up front if he's fit enough. Um, but he, his decision-making wasn't too good at the weekend. I think he sort of needs one in off his bum. Mm. Um, but I think I think we're in we're in with a shout. Yeah. If you, if you look solely at form, we're seven unbeaten. They're not doing too well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll win. I actually think we'll win quite comfortably. Um, yeah. Like just for that reason, really, more looking at it from Exeter's point of view. They they when we played in the league and we beat, they were quite far ahead of us, weren't they? But we're almost they were. yeah. We're almost yeah. neck and neck now. Um, mm. And I think that it's probably. With their slipping form, it's very much not really a priority now. Um, it's a long way to come for them. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think we'll uh, I think we'll win quite comfortably actually, which is a bit a bit unusually cocky, but <laughs> we'll just cut it out if we do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That kind of wraps up uh, what's happening with the men's team. Onto the women's team, who are uh, top of the table, threw in all the cups, unbeaten. Um, and absolutely flying at the moment. It's 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 great to see again, you know, especially against teams in that division, a few of whom have got, you know, much bigger budgets than we have. Um and going to you know, played at MK Dons um it's like the middle of last week, I think, wasn't it? It's was the uh, same the same time we were playing right. Woking, yeah. So yeah. they had the bad conditions as well. Well yeah. And 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 beat 
MK Dons at MK Dons um, with a with a late penalty and then an even later missed penalty for for MK. So it's it's going absolutely brilliantly for them. I think it's yeah they put themselves in an incredible position. Yeah, is it five points clear? Do the team in second still have two games in hand? Yeah, uh, one oh, game I didn't in hand. Five yeah one five points, one game in hand over Watford. Because yeah, I think Watford. Although weirdly, what I think Watford have scored a few more goals, but we've kind of they. I think Watford have done that thing where they've. They've won some games by a huge amount of goals, and we've just consistently won. So, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather that one. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I can't believe it's now five points ahead. And forgive my ignorance. Is there a promotion if we win this division? Yeah, it. But only top. There's no. There's no playoff. Uh, it, if it's only one team goes. Top. Up. Top of South plays top of North. Um, so it, it's essentially it's a bit like uh, well no I was going to say a bit like the conference that's not because they both go up but there's a, essentially a playoff between the top two team the team that's at the top of this division and the team at the top of the north division um, for them oh so you up. can win the league and not go up yeah really yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a playoff um, strongly worded email time yeah. I would have thought yeah so uh, at the moment the sort of top of the uh, the the northern division wolves nottingham forest burnley huddersfield derby so there's some you know there's some big clubs floating around and and in our division watford pompey ipswich you know it, it's uh, it's a tough division and i think it it, it well we, we say it pretty much every every time we do a pod and every time we talk about how well the women are doing it's just without sounding passionate they should be immensely proud of themselves it's it you know the, the budget that they've got um but is kind of almost put in you know it's kind of irrelevant because the way they're doing it is it it, it shows that it can be done without budget you know i mean it'd be lovely to let's see the club give them a bit more you know in terms of funding i'm sure that would would help even more but it just shows how well run and organized and, and and the mentality from from top to bottom within the women's setup is there it's it's phenomenal it really i think it needs to be talked more about i mean the the club do you know do promote it um and actually kind of carl's thing. a good ambassador for that he yeah. does help support the women's team a lot he's at most if not all of the games yeah um obviously wasn't when oxford men's were playing mm. woking but he does get to those games. He does get to the academy games. Uh, I believe there was a story a few years ago where they were using like footballs that were four or five years old. Mm. And Kyle sort of said to them, why are you using those? Because we haven't got a budget for a new one. And he turns up the next day with a bag full of, of the men's first team ones from the previous season. Mm. Stuff like other managers don't do that. They care about the, the men's starting 11. And I think that's, um, that, that's so important as well that he's, he's doing that as mm. you know it's um such and that a... just shows that he and the club at least at the moment are on the same wavelength and it is bearing fruit mm. even if it's not the men's first team that you know that holds that fruit yeah it's it's you know carl has been so good since day one at buying into the entire football club uh and and our culture and um yeah, he's a great ambassador for that. Also, we should mention that when they had the, the five-year-old football things, um, Charlie was running the line. Uh, for <laughs> so, yeah, I think we, you know, if we could mention that. And, you know, he's he's yeah. he's got a lot of DJ work on as well. So, um... Busy man. Yeah, yeah, very busy, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the women doing that well can only be a good thing because anything that raises awareness of the club at any level... It's it's just got to be all leading in the right direction. And them doing that with the budget they have surely is a good case for give them a bit more and see what they can do. Yeah, it, 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 you're right. It creates a mentality and a mindset around the club of how to do things well, how to do things properly. And if, if that works, you know, I'm sure, you know, they, they, I know the, 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 um, the women train at, at the training ground and, 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 and utilise the coaching staff that's that's available as well. And, but equally, there must be things that the men can learn from the women. It's kind of like, look at how they're doing that. OK, and I think being open to to anything that's positive about, you know, I, I remember going back a few years when British cycling transformed themselves by looking at how do we change every single thing by about one or two percent. We don't look to try and change one thing by a big amount we just do every single thing just a little bit better and if you can do that like you say across the club 
and with a manager that, that's supportive of, of all elements of the club, from you know from the youngest academy all the way through to the men's and women's first teams, you're, you're doing things the right way. You're 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 encouraging, you know, um, best practice and all of that sort of stuff, and just doing everything as, as well as you can. And, and and you learn from everyone. You know, everybody can learn from within that um, and, and, and progress stuff. I'm not sure if actually, and it, I think perhaps that. Something we have, I don't think we've spoken about on, on any of the pods is Steve Kinnebrook coming back in as the academy head of academy. I'm not sure we have, you know, and that's somebody who in, in the past has been, uh, you know, on radio also critical of, of decisions made by Carl. And I think, you know, the, the, there's been a little bit of, oh, well, Carl runs the whole thing. He's a dictator. Da, da, da. I think showing, you know, somebody coming in who, who Carl has, has clearly got a bit, have to have respect for, you know, somebody who's come from a national set up you know as, as head of development and an academy or academy coaching i'm not sure his exact title with the scottish fa to come to us i think that shows that we've brought in somebody there who, who clearly is very talented and, and will progress everything you know from from the academy side of, of the football club well it shows one of two things doesn't it it shows either he's not dictating everything mm. or he is and he doesn't just want to be surrounded by yes men yeah yeah. Either way, Either way I think that's a, a good positive. thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, totally uh, the agree. fact that it's someone who will challenge him about things, I think that I think that's exactly what you need. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm all for that happening, and and yeah, hearing some of the things that he did say on the radio, you, you sort of you know that I know that Carl doesn't listen to the the podcast, but he does listen to the post match reaction because mm. he then responds to it in future yeah. things. Yeah, so. To challenge him like that is um, when I, I think being a pundit is it's an easy place to be. You, you can criticise and no one can call you out on it, really, because mm. you're not you're not putting yourself on the line. Yeah. You're saying what I would do would work yeah. and there's no proof that it wouldn't. So it's, it's easy yeah. enough. Yeah. But he's now put himself into that position where, you know, if if he can't walk the walk which evidently mm. was enough in scotland um it, I, I just think it's a really good appointment and and a very positive one yeah i totally agree you mentioned uh carl not listening to the podcast so we won't say hi carl but we will say hi tim uh, hi tim hi tim it's been a long time <laughs> um i i'm imagining tim now just you know with a with a smiley face and just a little tear there that, that Liam's so i was picturing in him somewhere. in an armchair with a port and just tasting, <laughs> tasting it don't know if he drinks port the next one log fire really nice christmasy scene yes yeah um, yeah I'm sorry, I've waited quite there because I was I was imagining that Tim. <laughs> I think that should also be Tim's Christmas card. If he's sending out Christmas cards, set that scene up, you know. And a, it won't be. It'll uh, just be a, a football that he's found on Google Images. Uh, <laughs> Maybe in a, a bit of hat. snow on the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we'll we'll crack on. Um, the, we've covered the men and the, the women's team. Um, there's a there's a little tournament going on at the moment um, out in Qatar. Um, ultimately, I think it, it all. I'm not going off. Uh, hopefully, it will. It will make sense. What I'm saying. It kind of comes down to religion. You know, the, the the whole thing about what's what's happening in Qatar and whether it should be in Qatar and 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 that kind of no alcohol, homosexuality illegal, rainbow bucket hats being banned is all down to what some people in Qatar think about religious text and and it's that kind of level of. Okay, I, I don't I don't have a problem with religion. If you want to live your life by a certain sort of religious faith, absolutely fine. You know, if, if you don't want to drink alcohol or, you, you know, you don't want to eat a certain food on a certain day, absolutely fine that you live by that. But don't make me live by that. Don't don't enforce your beliefs on other people. You, you know, you can live your life how you want, as long as what you're doing doesn't impact on anyone else. And it, uh, it, it that, you know, the 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 armband and that kind of thing and, and banning rainbow bucket hats because of it they have a, a you know a certain represent a certain thing that the Qataris are against well in 2026 the USA Mexico Canada have the next World Cup now in the, obviously Christian countries in the Bible Leviticus 19 chapter 19 verse 19 features the bit nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material now so I, I don't know where Southgate gets his waistcoats from, but if they're like a polyester wool mix 
and you've got some religious religious fundamentalist in America going, well, you know, I don't believe in homosexuality, I don't believe in abortion, I don't believe in this, that, if because it's in the Bible. Well, in the Bible it says don't mix your fabrics, and if Gareth is wearing a, you know, a a, a, a polyester wool mixed waistcoat, then banning him would be as stupid as banning homosexuality because they're both in the Bible according to what people are saying in the Bible. And it's that just, if you're going to have a world event, then you accept how people are in the world and you allow them to come to your country, you know, have a certain amount of, okay, we, you are a guest in my house, so we kind of temper our, our, our behaviour slightly. But if what you're doing in your house is, you know, morally repugnant then sorry no i'm not going to respect what you're doing in your house i will make a big noise about it you know and and it's that it, it, it's made it's made it difficult to kind of watch some of the games you know normally i, I so look forward to watching the world cup and, and I, I i watched the opening game and there was a clip at the start of it where on the b the fact thing the bbc do so well a montage you know there's sort of pele in 1970 in brazil and, and marco tardelli scoring the goal and that celebration of gaza at italia 90 and i'm watching that little sort of clips and the hairs on the back of your neck go because it's kind of like memories coming flooding back of watching fantastic tournaments and and fifa have almost sort of because of what they're doing and how how things are in qatar that i you know it's 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 taken or it's tainted those memories, not those memories, but it will taint the memories of this tournament. And it's kind of like, why have you done that? For for money? For what? For, you know, it, it's... Well, well, that's frustrating. Yeah. It, well, yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. It, it is money and yeah. it, it will spoil this tournament for an awful lot of people, you know. So that, that's me off my... And basically what I'm saying is religion is fine if you want to do what you want to do to yourself and, and live your... But don't force your beliefs on other people. And, and if you're going to have welcome the world to your country, then you welcome all the world and, and everything in it. I agree with with like 99% of what you're saying. I think the, um, the no alcohol thing, I think if it's illegal there, fine, we won't mm. have alcohol. But two things on that, then don't sell it in the corporate areas just because people are paying more money. Yeah. And secondly, don't say when we get the tournament, you'll be able to drink. We'll, we'll allow yeah. you and then change it the day before. That's yeah. what's wrong with it. In this country, we wouldn't have, um, oh, okay, well, the Dutch can use marijuana. Yeah. It, it's yeah. illegal here, but, mm. you know, the Dutch can because it's not illegal there. That's fine. If it's illegal there and that's the rule, then that's fine. But say that from the off. You can't change it at the last minute. Mm. Ev everything else you just said, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm personally not watching any of the live games i've watched the goals back from the england game um so there's something really slightly pleasing from my point of view because i can't stand how corruption is just accepted south mm. africa shouldn't have had it russia shouldn't have had it qatar shouldn't have had it all three clearly corrupt in in some cases proven to be corrupt we'll still have it there yeah what is that what's the mm. point then what's where's what's to deter people from doing that in the future I don't see the point in in that. So that makes me fairly annoyed. But yeah, I'm I'm giving it a miss for for personal reasons. Um, but also I'm going into Panto, so I'm going to be very busy anyway. So mm. <laughs> it's quite an easy one to to give out. I did find it difficult when England were playing not to watch it though. Yeah, yeah. And I think just as 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 you know, just what it is, the World Cup. It's 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 such a shame because it's. It's the biggest thing in in this sport, you know. It's it's the flagship tournament that that I mean, that's the reason it's only played once every four years, and it's what we wait for. And you know, it, it, it I think this all lies with FIFA, really. The fact that yeah. it's even been given to to Qatar, um, you know, I, I, it, we all know what's gone on. And I mean, if you have, if anyone hasn't seen it, if, if you should check out the the Netflix documentary. I mean, you don't need Netflix to tell you that that. The World Cup was bought for Qatar and Russia and, and South Africa, but um, just how kind of open it was and exactly what went on for them to be able to get this tournament, it's it's unbelievable. It's just shocking. Um, and you know, and Blatter now coming out last week and saying, "Oh yeah, it should have gone to America. I voted for America. Mm. This this has nothing to do with me." I mean, does he actually think we'll believe that? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's obviously not the case, Sep. And I'm not just saying this because. You know, I, I'm I'm born and raised in England, but you know, you look at we we bid for the 2018 World Cup, and 
I still think England could host the World Cup tomorrow. I think we have yeah. the stadium, the, the infrastructure, infrastructure to do it. Um, yeah. And not just England, many countries across the mm-hmm. across the world. And you know, we're, we're but we're kind of told now that in the new format, when there's 48 teams, that England alone is not big enough to to host it. Yet is Qatar one third the size of Wales? So it just yeah. shows if you if you yeah. throw money at FIFA, you'll you'll get the tournament. You know, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's and I think people like Gary Neville have really kind of got themselves into a corner on this. And Gary Neville, someone I quite like and mm. usually agree with on most things, um, has I think he's I'd actually have more respect for him if he just said I went for the money um, and and to keep up my business interests because um, he's he's not just working for ITV, he's there for Qatari TV as well, isn't he? And I think that's the rub that he's he's directly taking Qatari money to to report on. On the I think to an extent as well, the FA and the and the 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 players back themselves into a bit of a corner in in that they said they were going to wear, wear the one love armband and then as soon as it became apparent they might get a yellow card for it, it's like well that's a bit too far. We can't go that far that we might get a yellow card. It's kind of well, <laughs> on a minute that's kind of that didn't really show that you were that kind of um, behind what you were going to say because you know if. Are they now going to? Are the FA going to come out and say, well, we'll ensure that our players don't give any back chat to the referee because they might get a yellow card, you know? So they, they will. That's such a, an, a, a, a such a, a sanction that uh, we can't we can't protest that, you know, with the one low armband, but we'll still moan at the referees. It, it's you know, it's kind of when the going got tough, we kind of went, oh, okay, you know, we won't bother then. It, it just and obviously Alex Scott wore it. Yes. Which initially um i thought well yeah but she she won't face that you know potential punishment mm. but she is a, a non-straight lady yes, out yeah. there so her mm. going it's yeah. like the anti-gary neville yeah. her going puts herself at risk mm. absolute like respect to her for going there to point this out yeah uh yeah that must have been it like I'm a bit scared for her. Uh, mm. Maybe that's the media playing into my mind and going. Actually, it's not. It's not that dangerous. But yeah. I like. She's she's put herself in in that mm. position, and and you know, good for her. Yeah, yeah. No, it it's it. It is frustrating. You know, it it's a it's a tournament that we should. I, I say I, I watched the game live, but you know. Um, and I was I was happy for for the likes of Rashford and Saka, you know, who, who got a lot of grief after the Euros, missing penalties, that you know, all that kind of, you know, it's kind of a little bit of redemption, you know, almost that sort of Stuart Pearce missing in Italian ninety and then scoring in ninety six. That you know they were they were heavily criticised and and more for for what had happened, you know, in the, in the Euro. Southgate final. got his and, Pizza Hut adverts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah so, you know, and it, it's just kind of like. I'm glad for that. I'm glad for the players. You know, they seem like a, a decent bunch of, of players. You know, yes, I know. I've said that they've kind of folded, and it it's hard for them. You know, they they just want to play football. They're footballers. They want to play football. You know, and leave the politics to someone else. You know, they are role models, and they, you know, they do a lot of good and all of that sort of thing. And it, it must be tough for them. You know, because if they, you know, that we want them to focus on being as as good at football as they can possibly be, and it really shouldn't be for them to to make the statements about Qatar and stuff like that and fair play what they have done again maybe maybe that would have made much more of a story if he'd have gone out there with that armband taking the yellow and then taking it off it's it's kind of forcing FIFA to to issue a yellow card it's forcing that to a point well, where it, it raises awareness go, okay, of it doesn't yeah, it he did yeah. get booked for it that's yeah. even louder what Joe yeah. Lysett did anyone who doesn't understand what his point was yeah it was to get people talking, talking. about it Anyone yeah. who's moaning about what he did is doing yeah. exactly what he wanted them to do. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think maybe you know, easy sat here for me to say, well, they should have. Done. I, I think you're right. I think it would it would certainly have made much more of a statement. It could have been, you know, where it, it it gets huge coverage on TV around the world. He can talk about it. He can say why he did it, and then yeah, and then take it off and perhaps not wear it for the rest of the tournament. But you but you've made that statement at the start, and you've taken that initial punishment that they you know they've said they're going to give okay and and then right from now on in we're going to yeah we'll, we'll we, we won't worry it but we've made our point to a point at which the referee has had to get the yellow card out and and, and make a make a statement 
um, from that point. So. Um, I must say as well, with the, the Joe Lycett thing, it only fell into place for me when he came out and explained that he hadn't actually shredded 10 grand. Because mm. I thought, you can't have really shredded that much. Could you not have given that to... And then he came out and said he actually had donated it and that that was... He hadn't but shredded he had anything. had to have people thinking that he had to. <laughs> well, yeah. He had yeah. to have people thinking yeah. that it happened yeah. to keep people talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And then when he, he... He absolutely played a blinder. Yeah. And and when he when he explained that, I thought, God, that's that's actually genius. I, I get it now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was a bit slow on the uptake. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we actually wrap this up, because uh, it's turned into a bit of a long podcast, mm. I'd like to say uh, a couple of things. Firstly... Earlier on, I said about what said off mic uh, on the radio. I'd like to be very clear that all that is really said is like uh, it is is in keeping with the program. It's not, you mm. know, they they go, oh, we played well today, and then the mics go off and they go, we were rubbish, and <laughs> like, they hate each other and all of that stuff. It's a very professional outfit on Radio Oxford um, and on the fence end, obviously. And on that note, uh, Jerome used to listen to this podcast. I assume he still does. So I would like to set him another challenge because we did that in the past and had mm. him saying, I love Kassam. So what I would like is during the game against Accrington, away at Accrington, I would like to hear Jerome say the phrase, I love the fence end. Yes. I think you can work yeah. that in. That's fine, isn't it? Like, oh, was, they've got I was wondering if it was then going to be, who are they? You know, <laughs> uh... yeah. I think every fan in the ground <laughs> will be doing that. So he doesn't have to. Um, thanks for having me back. Well, thank oh, you. Thank, thank you for coming you for back. Coming on. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we will wrap it up there. Um, I'm going to have a, go and have a cup of tea. Uh, but... Thank you for joining us, Liam. Um, hopefully, we'll have you back on the next one and, and the one after that. And, um, you know, this will be back I am good. busy at Panto I've... during December at the Mitchell oh, yeah. Arts Centre That's in a... Hanley in Stoke. Uh, they're big fans of Port Vale, so I was very happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know where we are. Um, we know where you are in Hanley, in Panto. Um, so we'll we'll hopefully see you yeah again in the not too distant future. If not, it will be Fraser and I. Um, but in the meantime, everybody take care of each other, look out for each other, um, and we'll we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.